0: Everything's bleak. Everything's bleak. Everything's terrible. You're going to be in charge today.
1: What? Really? Uh-uh. He did it last week. I did it last week. You have week. to do it.
0: You have to do it. Just, you like the movie the most.
2: But you like Chazelle. Yeah. But I hate space movies. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I guess I can do it, but I don't, and I like it fine. No, I'll do it. Okay, great. You should do it, because you're the most lit on space. Okay. I'm the least lit overall <laughs> about what was watched, so uh, I don't think I should do it. I will just say that walking up to Ben's apartment, I had my head in the stars the whole time. I was looking wow. up, I was looking at the moon. Just like Tom
0: Hanks. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: what's his name? Jim Lovell. Lovell. It was a very so we talk about we talk about this concept called formative faggotry oh. here on the program, mm-hmm. and I had forgotten a very key moment in my development. As a gay
0: boy. So the first one... Is it the sun?
2: No. The first one... uh, No, it's not because it would be the moon. You know what I mean? Like, the sun is hardly a character in these space movies. Don't be ridiculous. The first moment in my life... I was like four (laughs) or five years old.
0: (laughs) I just got that. I was like
2: four four (laughs) or five. I remember watching uh, Aladdin for the first time. And the scene where... I mean, Aladdin's always topless. Where he's running through... Uh, Or, like, very born ultimate, or you know, yeah, Mm. born ultimatum crashing through windows, like Mm -hmm. into people's living rooms, and like running through. And the woman, um, like grabs him and cradles him Mm. and says that she thinks he's rather tasty. Yeah, and that was probably the moment that, uh, whatever four year old semblance of heterosexuality was broken wide open. Yeah. And then, I don't know if it was the second, but one that came not long after, like five or six years after, whenever I first saw Apollo 13, is the scene where bef- it's right before they go to space, mm-hmm. and we start the scene on a shot of a doctor sanding off Tom Hanks' chest hairs. Oh. And then we oh. keep, and then we keep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. yes, and I had forgotten yeah. about that, but as mm. soon as I watched it again Hanksy the other night, I was, in this. I was, like I was a triggered, moment. yeah, I, that was my Ratatouille moment, exactly, uh-huh. yeah.
1: Oh, love that. I do too. <laughs> It flashed you back to Aladdin.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, I completely forgot that Tom Hanks is a formative crush for me. Watching Big with friends. Love Big. Big Big was the kind of movie that people's parents loved in Mm. 1999, 2000. And it's rated PG, but it's it's funny. It's got a little bit of sex in it. It's it's something that I imagine young boys will like or young girls for that matter because Tom's so hot. So I remember watching that a lot as a kid at, at friends' houses uh, for sleepovers, and he like he's just he's goofy and he's cute and yeah he's yeah I agree just I have a crush on Tom all over the place I've
0: only recently come to Tom come to Tom I've been coming to Tom for a long wow. time Wow. Jesus Christ wow <laughs> yeah
1: Christ Almighty yeah Apollo thirteen got me pee p- lit P you were lit on that
2: it's, yeah it's all I mean it's like basically a perfect movie
0: it yeah. is it's very close to perfect. It's so Some could perfect. argue it's perfect. It yeah. fucking I'm sure hums. Plenty of people will say it's perfect. And it's a long movie. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't feel long. No. No, and that's it what feels I was going like to say. It feels like a tight 90. We're in
2: space 35, 40 minutes in.
0: Yeah. It's very quick. And
2: I had forgotten from watching this a lot when I was a kid that we don't spend a lot of time on the ground with, yeah. with Tom. Like, I, I have so many memories of Tom and Kathleen Quinlan together. Mm. And also, I guess he's already in space at this point, but when they're getting ready to go watch... The, uh, the astronauts goofing around mm-hmm. in the in the module yeah. and we cut to like this hectic moment at the level house mm-hmm. and, and and the, the teenage and the teenage like, daughter won't come going. out yeah and then then the, the younger sister walks past the door and goes she's still going on about the stupid beetles breaking up and then the daughter just like very like hu- like hu- like histrionically like huffing and puffing just like slams o- or like swings open the door it's like they're not stupid, you're stupid like and then, uh, yeah. And then ultimately yes. she's proven right cuz she's like no one's even going to be watching this uh, and then I it doesn't even it. broadcast they don't even. So she was actually it. like listening to Led Zeppelin in her bedroom morning the Beatles. Mm. She's like, "Paul, why?" Like she uh, was actually the smartest one in the room. Yes. She knew. She knew. Her mind. Her mind. Also, never thought I would I say know. this before, but Ron Howard, his mind.
0: I know. That movie works. <laughs> it, it really is it, it really really does. It is I don't think I've seen any of his movies prior to it, so I don't I can't be like he just got worse as he got well, older, but I feel like that could be very
2: Apollo true. Apollo 13 Rush is not. Right. And Rush is one of his better more one of yeah. his better recent movies, yeah. but it's crazy to think how Ron Howard gets grandfathered in off of Apollo 13 and his career as a child star mm-hmm. and he's under Spielberg's wing, right? Or I mean they're just buds. Right. But he didn't Spielberg help Howard like rise up
0: that's probably... I don't know. Maybe don't that's know not that true. Story,
2: but, but he has so much goodwill in Hollywood yeah. that it extended all the way to 2000. And I mean, it still continues to this Apollo day. Paul
0: 13 is so crazy uh-huh. that it doesn't say Universal presents. It says Imagine Entertainment presents. It's insane. Whoa. Yeah. Which, by the way, First Man. Is a Universal movie. Yes, but also it's DreamWorks. Oh. Um, Spielberg. I mean, Spielberg... It is Spielberg. executive producer. Spielberg, exactly. Oh, yeah. And, and maybe we can talk about Did you about notice... That. Two people were walking out when that title card came up, and he like, he was like, look, like very excited <laughs> to his friend. Like, like Tom, oh, check that like out, Tom yeah. Hanks
2: pointing at the moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that moment so much in Apollo thirteen when. Um, they're watching the moon landing mm-hmm. and he and Kathleen just stumble out drunk and get on their lawn mm. chairs and Kathleen goes, we have to sell the house. I don't want to clean up. Let's just sell the house. I love that. But then, so good. I just like immediately She's went incredible. to all the
0: practical things. Of, but that's so much more work. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's actually so much more but work. But it's, it's such a
2: beautiful upper middle class, <laughs> suburban, <laughs> 1960s matriarch moment. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to take care of my societally mandated duties. Let's mm-hmm. just get rid of all yeah. of that. It. Like it's kind of a, Feminist moment.
1: Let's sell the house.
2: Yeah. I, I love, love
1: that, that she got nominated for that.
0: Ah, uh,
2: she's so good. She's so good. And they who else was it. the
1: other? It was Ed. Ed was the other nominee. Ed.
2: Yeah. Ed, With Ed his Tearing Teary up at the reprising end. his role as John Glenn. He, Just kidding. No, but. <laughs> no, but if you think about it, Truman, Truman Show, which comes out after this, but you take uh-huh. you take his role in Truman Show as Kristoff. Oh, money! I've never seen the Truman. Truman Show. Oh, <gasps> it is just mm, 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 it is Ugh. great. Laura
1: Lenny just doing the
0: most. Ovaltine. So <laughs> presenting. Ed, do you know who Eddie? They go to plays? see this in a movie I just watched. What was it? Mm. They go to see Truman Show in a movie yeah. you just watched. Yeah,
2: mm, I don't know. Wait, yeah. First man? Was yeah. it just reality? <laughs> because that's sort of the basis of the Truman uh, Show, is that everyone's constantly watching the Truman Show Wait, on their TV? Were you watching it? a documentary?
0: Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll get there. Well, then, while you're figuring this out... It's in forever, I think, isn't it? It's like a retro No, not forever. Is it do a I think TV show? I think it's a TV show.
2: I'm so lit over the fact that I'm just starting to watch television, so I'm just, I'm just like, like <laughs> been meaning to watch it and haven't gotten around to it yet. Was there a I can see the scene... No, because then we'd know what it is.
0: Oh no, I'm confusing the scene with Under the Tuscan Sun, where they go see George of the Jungle, because Audrey Wells also wrote George of the Jungle. But this did happen in the, the. There was a Truman Show movie. I'm telling you, it Moment. was just real life, and it was just folks at a bar watching the Truman Show. Because like someone in the audience like says, like, wouldn't it be crazy if none of your life was real, or something? Right. Yes. This happened. <laughs> this they
1: go
2: on a date. Happens. Someone goes on a date. Oh my I'm just because I've been watching The Americans from the beginning, mm. and I keep wanting to be like, no, Ben, it's not The Truman Show; it's The French Lieutenant's mm. Woman, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what they go to see. Yeah. How great a moment is that when Beeman like shows Nina, and she's like, "Why are you showing me this?" 1998. He's, he's like, "I thought you would like it." He's like, yeah. and then she's like, "Why did you think I would like it? Did you think I would relate to her?" And then No Emmerich just goes, "It's Meryl Streep." Is it
1: BoJack Horseman? <laughs> is there a 90s episode of BoJack? No, no. I mean, it's there, is. Live there is. definitely but
0: action. it's not, it's not a cartoon in my mind.
1: What is the show that we've all recently been watching? Because I think it's a show, not a movie. It, I
0: haven't seen this,
2: so it would be the two of you. I'm not that. Was it on, on the Good Place? Was there a flashback
0: on the Good Place? The Good Place. That's what it was. Are you sure? I'm just guessing.
1: No, I feel like it was though. But what would? Why would they have been? Because we don't flash back to the, the 90s in The Good Place, this is not exciting. I so, know. We're so, just so this is not exciting. I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> I've, I've like,
2: I, I, I was about to talk over you guys, and then I was like, they might hold this against me for the whole episode, so I was just biting my tongue. I'm going to so, say it's Good Place. So Ed Harris in Apollo Listeners, 13. Listeners, help us. Ed Harris in Apollo 13, even though it is in between these two movies, is the synthesis of Christoph, the producer and The Truman Show, who basically only exists in the control room. And John Glenn and in and in, in the right stuff, mm-hmm. you combine the space and the control room together. Yeah, being in, you know being in control of the controls, mm-hmm. you get this guy yeah. whose name I don't remember, but I just have oh, always yeah. it's just always Ed Harris. It's Ed Harris. I'm obsessed, right. like very obsessed with the star with watery blue eyes. Oh yeah, <laughs> his, his his buzz cut, mm. Um, mm. his like slightly reddish hair. Yeah. So Gene Kranz Oh it's Gene Kranz, Gene Kranz. Who could forget Kranz Mr. Cransberry. So it's like he gets Ron Howard gives him this incredible star reveal mm-hmm. You know like you're used yes, to You're used I, to like Like yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. your Betty Davises of the world Like we start on you know a writing switch yeah. Or a hand And then we, we track up to the face mm-hmm. And with this it's we just see Like his torso and hands And someone comes up and is like From your wife, sir, and hands him a box. Spins right or something. He might spin. I don't know. But but they give him they give him a white box. Well, we're still we don't see his head. He opens it up. It's a white. It's his crisp, newly starched white vest with Mm. the NASA emblem on it. And then he puts it on. And then we don't cut to him right away. But then we cut to Ed Harris in the vest. Uh. The iconic, to use an overused word, vest. But in this case, actually, is iconic. That is going to define the characters, you know. It's, mm. it's going to, it's going to this this nice tight clean uh, uniform is going to contrast with the very sweaty emotions that are I going on that. around. Being in charge is hard work, folks. Got to keep a cool composure, While we're cool on temperament. This... Ed Harris should be on the Supreme Court. Wow. Not, okay. Not Brett Kavanaugh. Wow. I agree. More like the right
1: stuff. More like the wrong stuff. Wow. That's, right. That's an arm Well, speaking
2: speaking of hot guys. William Finkner, I think, is the, is the hottest weasel of ever, of all time. William Finkner, he's, like, he's a character actor who pops up in A Million Things. I think that folks might know him best from playing the banker at the beginning of The Dark Knight. He's the one who pulls out the gun when they do the secondary protocol in Armageddon. Oh, he was yeah. on the
1: uh, CBS program um, Jericho. He's so hot.
2: I like Fox I like Jericho. I like wrinkly forehead tired looking dudes. Mm.
1: When William Fickner pulls out the gun in Armageddon. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. Why good. D- No, what is it? How do you have a gun? No, why do you have a gun in space? <laughs> Bruce Willis is like,
2: "Are you a secret agent? Have you come here to ruin my entire night? Do you have a gun? Show me your gun. Show me your gun."
0: It is truly like The height of Brechtian alienation, this movie. (laughs) It is... Astonishing! This staging is fantastic in Armageddon. It is. I, I'll, I'll say it now. <sighs> I'll
2: say it now before I get too it's embarrassed. It's my to say it. It.
0: favorite piece of propaganda. That it has is ever a been
2: made. oh yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's so beautifully it's, done. It's Michael. Uh, it's Michael Bay's Triumph of the Willis. Mm-hmm. Like it is nationalist propaganda,
0: and it's a, that is formally it's a perfect. Fuck you science, and it's a movie that oh, I buy into so hard. No, I wrote. It, I'm I wrote just this like, down. Yeah, fuck science. <laughs> no, I wrote. I this like down. how Paris. Blows oh, up hold on. and oh, no one how no much should, one bats it you know, eye So here's the thing. The Nobody
2: thing, bats an eye. Michael Bay gets one city. Or no 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 not one city. One target yeah. on the entire globe for the one piece of impact mm-hmm. during the meteorite to land. Yeah. It just statistically should be in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Right. Or in a desert. Mm-hmm. Like, But he chooses Paris because there's nothing better than watching those <laughs> Eiffel Tower explode. Snail-eating, <laughs> smarmy socialists with their cigarettes mm. getting blown up. I love it.
0: Some of you, some of you, some of you, why don't you put on a beret and pay 85% of your income to the French government? So
2: I want to go through, I mean, I was going to bring this up much later, but it's not just a matter of hating science and the French. These are all the things that Michael Bay is expressing hate for in our oh, yeah, let's hear it. Solar energy, wind energy, Greenpeace, um, taxes, the global population, anal probes, psychologists, and female astronauts. Yeah. Oh, and not being able to get away with statutory okay, rape. when the Russian guy fucking sucker
1: punches the female scientist out of the way so he can hit a pipe with a wrench.
2: Well, he steals her. <laughs> what the It's fuck? important. No, no, no. It's important because... You wouldn't know this, but there's one other crew member on the meteorite the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. You, we meet everybody. Yep. And to the film's credit, we get a pretty good idea of every character. Yeah. Something I wanted to
0: Pete look alike.
2: No, but that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Except for the one the one astronaut who is a woman. Mm-hmm. She only exists to run around in the background and climb up ladders with her bouncing blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And then and then crucially, like you bring up Brandon, she has her one hero moment. Where she's gonna sit. She sa- she's gonna way. save the ship. She's gonna get this thing to take off, and Soviet Peter Stormare shoves her out of the way with a wrench. It's very, mm. very frustrating, Zero. Uh, it's <laughs> very degrading towards women, Zero. Sure is.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed the first ten minutes of this film. You did? Because I was talking to you about it yeah, first when Man. You didn't I was, it's watched good. that. The first
2: ten minutes are really good. That was
1: lit. P lit. Cause I was I hope the whole thing was camp. You're mm-hmm. like, this is but what. it's not. It's propaganda. And also,
0: yes. It is camp, though.
1: It's not. Yeah. I mean. Fun camp?
2: I don't know. No, oh, it
0: is to me. I was. See, I was. I wasn't having fun by I the w- end. I, I, I had fun the whole. Every
2: minute well, of this movie. Well, I was having fun at the end because I. we'll get into this once we actually get into this. But there is a very moving moment uh, about halfway through the film involving Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And then. Is it in his boxers? No. Mm-hmm, no. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> this was one of my formative sexual movies. Formative faggotry. Mm hmm. Him being chased around with a shotgun in his boxers. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I, there's a photo of Ben Affleck that I used to Google quite a lot uh, from this film. A? It was this period. It was like a press shoot, though. Oh, he's really fine in this. movie. he. he
2: yeah. Insensitive.
0: Very fine. Very sensitive. But also gross there's, with the, with the animal, cracker, animal
2: crackers. With the animal crackers. What the fuck could, is that we, scene? We, 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 we could Dude. we could ride up north, or we could go down mm-hmm. south, and then he. In <laughs> God's and then, name. And then I'm way too close to the mic. And then he tucks. The animal cracker. Let's say it's a rhinoceros. Right at right underneath or a gyrat. The, Right underneath the panty line. Yeah. Okay. There's it's a, excruciating. There is, and, mm. and pretty repellent. There uh, is
1: an oil rig scene mm-hmm. where right in the first within the first yeah. twenty minutes, I wanted to screen grab it and say there will be blood, baby.
2: Oh. Ooh. Well, this that those that the there will be blood. Well, it, mm-hmm. it reminded me of Deepwater Horizon, which is I, a I didn't see hoorah that. American movie. Peter Berg directed it. I. Begrudgingly like it quite a bit because it is one of the few mainstream movies you see that talk about process when it comes to labor unions and when it comes to labor regulations and when it comes to the chain of command that a that a union imposes the, the order that it imposes so that you can work most efficiently. Yeah. Um, it also, you know, it, it it mistrusts the government It's got some stuff I don't like about it, but you know. The Deepwater Horizon incident, we can talk about that. Why don't we just talk about that? ExxonMobil, let's talk. Or no, British Petroleum. Why don't we talk about how President Obama would never refer to it as BP, but every single time would call it British Petroleum, uh, which I just love. Like, just the diversion of it all. Mm-hmm. It's like, not my problem. Yep. British Petroleum. Anyway, yep. it reminded me of Deepwater Horizon. Um, Interesting. Ben,
1: what the fuck are we talking about what? today?
2: Excuse me? Huh? <laughs>
1: Hello Wait, everyone. We'll
2: Twenty-two minutes
1: in. What are we Brandon! about? <laughs> Your helmet's not on. Go. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> How do I react? My head just explodes. Let me. It's cool. Let
2: me. I'll just stir the oxygen tanks real quick.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Wait, stirring the oxygen tanks. Which which one is that? Is Apollo, that the right stuff? Apollo thirteen. I confuse them all. Not alls. Not alls. Oh, who spins it too fast?
2: Tres. Kevin Bacon.
1: Oh, yeah, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, he spins it too fast, and everyone's like, it's your fault.
2: But there's a great moment later where Tom says to him, you know, if they told me to stir the oxygen tanks, I would have stirred the oxygen tanks. Mm -hmm. True, Uh, true leader, born union president, Tom Tom Hanks. Hanks. You know, it's really
1: a testament to... Y'all gonna gonna yell at me. Y'all gonna yell at me for this. (laughs) I loved your work on Armageddon. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's truly a testament to... First Man, that those control room sequences actually stand out as different than. Do you
2: think they? Yeah, do? because they suck. Oh, <laughs> oh. sorry. The, I, I did, I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude. I, I mean, that that was supposed to be sort of like a lighthearted thing. <laughs> oh, God. I just like. I I've got a thing with First Man, and then the
1: yeah. other three homeworks all just the control room blurs into one. I
2: completely really disagree. I think it's so intimate and in the right stuff, and it's more about their team members cheering each other on and working as a team. With, uh, with Apollo 13, it's more about trusting science and trusting process. I mean, Apollo 13 reminds me so much of Spotlight when it comes to dramatizing the manila envelope of it all and the pen and paper of it all and the, we've got to get a square peg into a round hole so I'm going to dump this box of stuff onto a table and we have to figure it out. Mm. So like the process, I think, is highlighted in Apollo 13 in those scenes. And then, and, I mean, you're not going to catch me talking nasty about... Coach Taylor, Kyle Chandler, and anything. This is why I need to finally watch Game Night and probably disagree with you two faggots because anything with Kyle Chandler, I'm going to give like an automatic B. Like we just work, no. we work up from B. Oh, but nah. I Not I'm, with Game Night. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just like making a joke. This is a fun pod. This is a lighthearted program. This Is, is it? It's not family
0: friendly. We're talking about space It's
2: not family friendly, but it's fun for the kids,
0: if you space know what I mean. This is very serious.
2: We're talking about NASA. Okay, just let me make my point. We are talking about- The music about- in First Man is beautiful, it makes no sense to me. But like there, there is a cognitive dissonance for me when I see. Wait, are you about NASA to dis- control room? Excuse me. Yeah. Are you about to disparage the music in First Man? No, no. The music's beautiful because I will. Music's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> music's beautiful, and occasionally is, <clears throat> out of this world as far as All I'm right. concerned. But I I, I will don't. only accept compliments. There was, compliments o- there on was that only there's only one moment where I had clash between sound and image in the entire movie because I think the sound and like we talked about Cradley Booper's of Star is born last week. I think the sound in that is amazing. Yeah. We're watching First Man oh none to or anything, but if, if we were to be talking about oh, First yeah. if, if we if we intro. if we were to be talking about First Man this week, mm-hmm. you know, the sound is incredible. And it's fun to like watch two movies in a row that we have to talk about and, and like top of my brain is like that sound, sound work though. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't, I don't like the marriage of sweeping classical adjacent like strings and shit over or just, yeah, yes. Over, over a minor victory in the control room in the first like 45 minutes. Like the, when they go up on the gym, on the Gemini uh, eight or whatever. Why is it not pronounced Gemini? It's Gemini. a good question. Gemini cricket. Mm-hmm. Hell Yeah. Um, by the way that's what those that's I what, think it's very when, moving what, that, 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 that was the thing that, that's what those are called in the right stuff when Ed Harris is like there's fireflies dancing around me it, they're called Jiminy crickets mm. so and yeah. that, I'm sure that's what you're referencing right yes yeah. thank you
1: yeah. the right stuff which I don't remember any of that movie Then wow. what are we that's having? insane that movie went in one went oh in two God. eyeballs out my ears
2: wow I don't know I get so fucking lit off the right stuff you when you what's this fuck the May the, the of tones oh Shall I say it now or shall I save it? Say it. it. Okay. No, say
0: it. I say say it. I think Here's whenever a problem we have the first thought man. we say that. Here's thought. a problem. No, cuz I, I, I have to prove cuz I have
2: to prove these episodes and I'm like, "Oh, you wanted to say that and then you never lived back to it. You never did a We I'll, will never think we, of it again. Never did. Well, no, no, this I will cuz I spent a lot of time thinking about this okay. today. But let's not lunar loop back. Let's talk about it now. Let's not loop around the moon no slingshot shit. I wonder if Peter problem Travers I have was
1: knocked for a lunar loop. Problem
2: I have the with Bible first was. man. I have a problem with first man. Yes, we know. Hold on, I like it, Brandon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The only here's my here's my only problem with First Man. Of all the films that we've watched for this episode, including Hidden Figures, it is the only. Did you watch that? uh, Well, I've seen it. I didn't have time to rewatch it, which which is regrettable. But i i prioritize I I prioritize based off the things that I haven't seen or haven't rewatched in a while. Mm -hmm. Same. I haven't but then you rewatched I it. I did. But hold on. I got to take my point back now. Sorry. Of all the films we watched for homework, the only one to not make any sort of point about peeing in the space program is First Man. And I have a real problem with that. That's it's, not it's, what
0: the story it's telling.
2: It's, Apollo 13 isn't about a urine constellation. The, right, stu- the right stuff isn't about wetting your pants. It's because nobody
1: cares at this point.
2: I love it. We've had
1: enough space movies where you got to take a piss. We know. But there are ways to reinvent
2: it. I mean, look at Hidden Figures. I don't figures. want it. Yeah, I
1: Any space care. movie where there's, they mention how they got a pee, I'm, that's why that moment, that 20-minute segment of yeah. having to urinate, and he's cut into waterfalls and water and- Oh, I love it. And drains. I love, I love it. Like,
2: fuck off. The right stuff isn't afraid to be funny. <laughs> I love that. And by the way, I, you will not you will not catch me today criticizing First Man for being humorless, even though it is, but it doesn't- like to what ben is saying about pee, the movie doesn't need it it's not yeah. about that and that's how i feel about humor in this movie and by the way i just want everybody to like take a step back i just made a, a joking point about space pee, and you're both <laughs> jumping on me like i just said orson welles is a hack <laughs> come on i is, didn't know this is tongue-in-cheek no i didn't this is tongue-in-cheek
0: didn't know you said pee. what do you think i said being in the space program <laughs> I thought you said being in the space. No, no, program. no, 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 no! Oh, t- and I, I said I said pee. I'm, ta- I'm talking about. <laughs> I figured it out. I'm talking
2: friend. about going number one.
0: <laughs> when I first said that's not what this movie is about, I thought you just meant a movie about being in the space. No, program. no, 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 no,
2: no, no! No, I mean, do I wish that? Like, am I watching First Man, wishing I was watching a process movie? Yes, that's
0: not the movie. I'm fine
2: with it. You
0: know, but when it comes to peeing, all I w- ever want is to watch a movie about a sad man. Oh, being and, sad. And, and you get this, and and that's all. I care about in this movie. I like right. that I knew you were talking about pee and jumped out your throat. Anyway. You were like, no!
1: <laughs>
2: I'm going to put my foot down about the peeing. Okay? Enough already. Okay, all right. Where, what? Where okay, shut up.
0: <laughs> why, why are we here? <sighs> I don't know. Hello, everyone. I'm leaving. <laughs> I didn't have time to meditate before you guys came over, so I'm, like, low energy. Oh, so
2: this is going to be raw. <laughs>
0: No, it just means I'm just gonna like not uh, disagree with anyone. Well, I'm it's gonna be like that's f- great, great well, opinion. Well, Let's move well, on. Well, the and point, <laughs> close the, the point, the point stands because <laughs> I was gonna say
2: up. you will be like Ryan Gosling this evening in First well, Man.
0: That's always true. Um, I hope you break your glass in your hand. <laughs> I, I, love that I have moment. done that, not because three of my friends were killed, but I have done that. <laughs> oh, also, <laughs> let me say this because I'm not gonna have.
2: I will just say, watching all these fucking NASA movies. Watch when I get to First Man today, and someone's like, Hey, have you talked to Gus about yes. this? and I'm like, Grisham,
0: I felt that way too. Like, I really, I like pieced the putting whole the timelines history, together. Uh-huh. Are you talking the about Gus Grisham? program mm-hmm. together as well? And a also, one movie. and I realized I knew
2: what was coming, in, and this is not a knock at all. Not like when we were talking about A Star is Born last mm-hmm. week, like Brandon was saying, having watched all of them before, waiting seeing Bradley waiting for those drops. Um, you know, it's like listening to, like, a really sick, like, fucking EDM song. You know what I mean? Just, like, waiting for the drop. You know Jesus what I mean? It's just, like, sticky bass waiting for the drop. But um, it wasn't a problem in First Man, but once I heard that Gus was on the okay. mission with... Um, right. With the man who lives across the street, whose mm-hmm. name is Mr. Mm-hmm. Teddy Kennedy in Chappaquiddick, which no one here saw. But I was like, oh, that's that. Because at the end of The Right Stuff... Oh, yeah, they that they say that not long after he burned up. And, right. and in Apollo 13, yes. when the sun is talking about the
0: door, mm-hmm. you right. know, I put it all together. Not being and there. I loved that. Yeah. I love space history. I do too. It's very fun. I it's very fun. This is Movies IMO. we <laughs> should all see Brandon's face. I don't Brandon to...
1: hates space movies. <laughs> I don't like space movies. That's why I like First Man, because it's actually
2: not about space. Right. It's about grief. Well, yeah, baby. It's getting a little bit down on the depress.
0: It's about death. Yes, it's about on top of Gosling like, like being well, smushed.
2: It's, it's about grief and depression stemming from death. I mean, I they're, like, it, they're all part of the same I pie. I think it's a
0: movie about death, and I those things all, are after th- No, 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 not no. After no th- I realize things things are, I, as, as, as soon as I
2: framed it like that, I knew you were going to say that. I'm just saying they're all baked into the same pie. Something can be the cherry. Something can be the flower. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, like The depression pie that Rooney Mara eats in Ghost Story. Good call. Oh, wow, thank Brandon. you.
1: It's just Ryan Gosling being smushed by his purple depression cat. Thank you. That's My name is Ben
0: Embiid. My name is Daniel Crook. I'm Brandon Kirby. We are here today to talk about First Man, which is the story of Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. That's a spoiler <laughs> if you didn't know that that happened. Uh-oh. It is the climax of the film. And if Brandon's you...
2: boyfriend yesterday told me that he's going to have a hard time staying engaged through First Man because he knows
0: what happens at the end.
2: Mm. Interesting point.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people are like, why are we telling this story in 2018? But- Oh, you I don't die. know what the story is. That's right.
2: Trust me.
1: I was very much thinking that going
0: into yeah. this movie.
1: And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, it's not that.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. We got we got sadness. We got gloom. We got doom. We have trying to feel alive. I love trying to feel alive movies. Mm. Yeah. I love... I love... I don't know why, but now that we're here, I have to start with this. Please. Um... Anything that gets the space ball rolling. So, as uh, we all know, I'm the biggest fan of the La La Land right. in, in this room. And, and Whiplash, I think. Um, I'm no, pretty, hot pretty hot on Whiplash. He's pretty hot on Whiplash. But I'm hottest on Chazelle overall, I think. You are. Um, I would, if, if we were at the
1: same party, I would talk to other people. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now that I've seen First Man, though. Are you I'm, back in? I'm... I mean, I was always in. I mean... You like La La Land. I like La La Land.
0: I gave it three
2: and a half and stars on Letterboxd. Like I don't hate it. like the ending of La La Land. Oh, no, that's me. Oh, you like the ending of La, La Land. I love the ending of La La Land. I think it's one of the most emotionally specific... Yes. I like the first
1: half of La La Land. Oh,
0: okay. Land. Okay. The Star is Point episode was last week. Well, what I think... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think what we have... Now learned about Damien Chazelle as a filmmaker is what he really excels at is the last 30 minutes of the movie. Um, and I think that is true in Whiplash. You obviously don't agree. I don't like any of that movie. Um, but the ending of Whiplash, to me, is like a rollicking thing and mm-hmm. just propels you. And the ending of La La Land does but that. That's... Go ahead, sorry. And the ending of First Man does that. Right. And what I love about... so. I think it's a it's it's an improvement on La La Land, which is a movie that I love so much. Um, in like that is very much pastiche. Is he's not really adding anything to it? It already serves the function in, of the story in La La Land. Yeah, I disagree. But okay, I, I I disagree only to say I think it's better than that. Okay, good. Well, so far so good. In the First Man. He's doing Kubrick, but he's not like touching on the themes of Kubrick. I don't think he's doing Kubrick. It's a pastiche of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Well, I get that, but I think every space movie is a pastiche of 2001 in A Space way. Odyssey. In a way. But like this, I think this really is. Yeah. There's like, I would there's like the that. ballet of like motion, of motion. There's a ballet of like objects in space, and the way that he uses sound in space well, is very and, reminiscent and, and, of 2001. The fa-
2: I hear what you're saying, but the fact that. Items float in a isolated context. Like we only see one or two things dancing around. It makes me think of the floating pen in 2001 that mm-hmm. the airline host has to, hostess has to go grab and tuck back into the shirt pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like in Apollo 13, everything's just spinning all yeah. the time. By isolating it, you get a little bit more into the um,
0: I don't know, just like the uh, yikes. To I, me it's just like the painterly quality of it being like just an object against black. Against yeah, space, I th- that's a very well. The coherent. word that I was looking like at, cleanliness.
2: I, I, yes, but obscuring the cleanliness, yeah. and that's what I like about it. it, it, it it's, it's a still frame with this absurd object. Yeah, breaking
0: breaking the rules of gravity. Sure. And so what this is all to say? I just think he is he has pushed further how he's using pastiche. Before it was just one small yeah. step. Now it's a giant leap. Yes. Ah, oh, look at that. Thank you. I'm
1: I'm hot on Damien, baby.
0: That's the only like thing I thought about to talk about. Which so I'm is, done. Which is which is <laughs> so I'm done. We can, bye. We gotta wrap. All up. All right, let's bye wrap bye. Up. This is the movies I am <laughs>
1: Thank God. I didn't think I would be so lit on it, but I'm p lit.
2: I think p lit. I think I might have hurt myself on this one because I was positive I was gonna love this movie. Yeah. That it was gonna be the first Chazelle joint I really loved and it wasn't and i may have damaged myself there but something that i feel pretty strongly about chazelle and i don't i don't want to steer the conversation this way if you guys don't want to i'm the only one who's i'm not even cool on it like i just have i am i have like the 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 hot coffee and cold sushi thing going on because the craft is immaculate the score fantastic the performances in this movie are hugely affecting i think mm-hmm. ryan gosling is extraordinary in this movie i think it's the what I think that it's hard for me it's the best I've seen it's hard for I was him. thinking about this too I, it's hard for me to get better than Blue Valentine or oh, even Half sure. Nelson which I still I'm just love. a big
0: fan of Gosling yeah same I, I'm never
2: that hot on the Gos, yeah. but
0: this I prefer him, him in the good. mode that First Man has him in which is just being sad well I just like, think that's... like the ending of La La Land is like hugely affecting to me that look that he gives Emma Stone at the end it's, mm-hmm. like that's what I think he's best at Just and, sad boy, and he's often boy of cast nine. as like the charismatic guy and I don't think he's as but he wasn't always that. no that's right
2: oh he's in Remember
0: the Titans he used to be that's the-, the,
2: the other night I was trying to figure out who played this part in Remember the oh. Titans
0: I'm pretty paused. It's the Goss. He used to have the atmosphere that Timmy has now of like, he's the new James Dean. He's right. so dark and brooding. And then at some point... I don't know if that's
2: how I'd qualify Timmy, but yeah, sure.
0: Oh, I hear that about Timmy a lot. No, no, I'm just saying that I don't agree. Sure. But I hear you. And that's... Goss had that when he was young, for well, sure. Well,
2: let me continue what I was talking about. So we've got, we got the hot coffee, the cold sushi, which is first man for me. Like, I love so much about this movie. But there's also a lot I don't like about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I find... I, I don't find Chazelle to have a real touch for empathy. Mm. I don't find him... I, he is great at cutting exposition and giving it through and, and, and letting you know that Ryan is going to go or that Neil is going to go after uh, the Jiminy program through side conversations,
0: through visual clues. There was originally like a three... I listened to a podcast of... Oh, day so I'm day. right then. He. Yeah. Um. There was like a three so and a half right. hour cut and yeah. they were like okay, let's cut literally everything that we don't have to have and then like build what we need to yes, from there. Yes. And that's how they got to the and final And I think version. he's
2: great at that. And it's very Spielbergian in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody in this movie except for Neil. Nobody. And, and that's a problem for me. That's a problem for me. I'm invested in nobody.
0: I'm invested Not in... Even Claire. No. I, I think she's great. But I, I think that the movie... I think Claire's a bad role, but like, what she brings to it, you know?
2: No, I agree, but that's her having to go above and beyond just to deliver a character. Yeah. I have a troubling relationship with this film's relationship to the culture surrounding what's going on with Mm -hmm. Neil Armstrong and NASA at this moment, and also just Neil's worldview, period, versus what is the worldview of the filmmaker. Mm -hmm. So I can understand rationally that Neil Armstrong hates reporters and feels like they don't understand what he's trying to do mm-hmm. because he is in a way going to the moon to process the grief of losing his two-year-old daughter to cancer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he has a complex psychological portrait that, or Gosling is, is painting one, right? Yeah. But I really don't understand why Chazelle goes out of his way to include Kurt Vonnegut, for instance, yeah. saying that why are we funding the NASA program and we should be trying to improve our infrastructure in our cities and then talking about and then cutting from that to anti-war protesters and folks saying only white people are going to the moon. I don't understand why he's building them in opposition to what Neil is trying to do. And yeah. that, that also goes for his family life where he is closed off and it's not because Neil Armstrong is an asshole, it's because Neil Armstrong is going through some shit. Yeah. But Neil Armstrong still accomplishes what he needs to accomplish at the end of the day and the only time I see Chazelle give Gosling the space Uh, structurally in the narrative Mm -hmm. to say I'm in the wrong or or, or what I'm trying to say is like the only time that Chazelle doesn't back him up in my opinion is that last scene with him and Claire Foy in the quarantine room when they touch hands across the glass and it's really his way of saying I'm sorry Mm -hmm. Um, and her reflection on top of his face is like finally the unit is back together Um, but I don't know I just I just feel like there's a difference between having a subject, like a, a film built on a subjective framework, like There Will Be Blood, for instance, like Brandon was saying. Like, we know that Plainview is in the wrong, but the film is totally patting him on the back as we go because right. it's dramatically satisfying. But I get frustrated, to go back to what I was saying about the Vonnegut of it all, that Neil is Neil is wrong when it comes to saying that the enemy, and, and by, by Neil saying, obviously he's not literally saying it, he doesn't say anything in this movie. Yeah. Um, but Neil... Neil is painted in opposition to the government, to politicians, to intellectuals, to activists. And it just drives me fucking crazy because I don't think that's what Chazelle is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I read the Brody piece before I came here and it's like, I don't know if I talk around the mic, but I'm always like all, all the way with Dick Brody or think that he got 0% of it. Right. And it's frustrating. And this is what I was alluding to earlier. I think it's not intentional, Mm. but I've been talking too long. I think I've made the point that I want to make. But so it's hard for me. It's hard for me to sit with this movie when I admire it on so many levels, and those levels are basically all on filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But then the context that Chazelle is situating his protagonist in opposition to, yeah. it completely. I mean, it doesn't completely, but it spoils a lot of what I like about the movie, and it made it, made it for a very uneasy watch. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's all. We don't have to talk about it. I talked for ten minutes, but I yeah. find it frustrating. I, I,
1: I don't know. I think I think the the moments you're talking about the Kurt Vonnegut and like the anti-war protesters, those that montage of all those things like placing what's happening with the space program in the context of what's happening like in the world and in the nation is like, I don't know, Chazelle's way of putting the movie in 2018. Like, yeah, we know it's a bunch of fucking white dudes, but like, yeah, he's aware that. Yeah, it's a bunch of fucking white dudes. And I,
2: I think that it goes beyond. Like my critique is not that the movie's not woke. My critique is that Chazelle went out of his way to structure it like this. Mm-hmm. I'm baffled by the inclusion of the Kurt yeah. Vonnegut clip. That yeah. that's what gets stuck in my gears. For here. me, sure, yeah, because that doesn't have to be there. That yeah. they, he didn't shoot that. You know, right. he chose to put that in there. Right. I. It really
1: to me feels like a this movie happening and this Oscar frontrunner happening in 2018, like justification not justification but like
0: I don't know I think it I don't know how to say this and I haven't really thought through this but it's like it adds to this sort of desperate mood that the movie is playing in that Neil is going through and it like pushes against I don't know what I'm trying to say that he's he's doing battle every day like Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've lost my th- train of thought. No,
2: I understand. I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But for me it's that the film is a piece of subjective storytelling mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Right. You can't be too mad that our se- that our secondary characters aren't fleshed out because Neil isn't worried about them. Right. Neil is only trying to make it through the day, right? Yep. But this is a moment where, and, and I also understand that to Brandon's point, Chazelle might be trying to contextualize this moment in in, in, in a social environment that audiences might be more interested in now, but yeah. also just get it how combat, like we look back on the space program as something that's a net positive for the country that was mm. beloved because everyone sat around their TV sets and watched right. it. And I think it's interesting, I think it's interesting to, to show that it was a little more tumultuous than that. And uh, by the way, all the space movies do this, right? But it's it's when it's it, it's that when we go when we go to the montage of opposition. Yeah. Sure, that might be in Neil's head or something. Like, if we want to talk about this being a subjective film, yeah, yeah. maybe you can interpret that way. But that to me feels like the filmmaker going out of his way to insert a backpat in I think a way. That's fair. Yeah, and that is hard
0: for me because that the sense. movie doesn't need it. Yeah, I think that's fair. You
2: can still contextualize your movie historically mm-hmm. and muddy the waters a little bit about whether or not this is a net positive or a net negative. Right. But to me, it it it's frustrating. And that the issue is not about um the issue the issue is not that NASA is taking funds that should go to social programs. The issue is that um you know rich people should be taxed more, or we should be spending less on this, or like it's to, 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 to it's it's basically a Trumpian argument for me.
0: Like, the issue is that the guy in charge has a death wish.
2: Ex- yes, yes, but to me, like, what Chazelle is giving you an either-or, and that is Trumpian to me. That's like when Trump says, you vote for Democrats, they want MS-13 to come across our borders, so we have to build a wall. Neither thing are true, except that Trump wants to build a wall. <laughs> Meanwhile, the truth is, it's not even, like, sort of, like, Merkley in the middle, like that's a lie that's a false choice yeah. Republicans give you false choices mm-hmm. and I know that Chazelle voted for Hillary Clinton but in all of his movies he favors strong men and he doesn't he favor does. empathy
0: and he always he oh it just drives me up a fucking wall I disagree about empathy
2: well the way that, that let me let me I, I hear you and I can understand why someone might disagree with that when, when I, I think that Chazelle cares about the emotions of his protagonist mm-hmm. and he does not take into account that someone else might feel differently and he doesn't – that's where Chazelle gets labeled a fascist. Right. Right? It's, it, it's very my way or the highway, and it's through a hyper-masculinity and an intimidation tactic and a strong man um, uh, figure. And what it comes down to for me is that Chazelle thinks you can either have a personal life Or you can have a professional life. And ultimately, it's the people who sacrifice their personal lives. And not just it's actually, to them, not even really a sacrifice. They're happy to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. These are the people that will save us. And that is very Ayn Randian. That is very Brad Bird to me. And I just don't agree with the worldview. And it's hard for me to get down with the fact that he's clearly a talented craftsman. When the messages that he's putting through his movies are not what I believe. And I don't think that you have to have that sort of litmus test when you watch movies. But Mm -hmm. he's doing it in such an aggro way for me. That... It just, in, in in a way, I'm not saying that that you guys liking these movies makes me sad, but it kind of makes me sad that he has taken off over his past three films as probably, probably the most most closely watched director of his generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I find the politics inside of them repellent, so you guys talk for half an hour now. I'm so I've been talking for way too long.
0: I already said everything I'm going to say about this movie.
2: <laughs> oh come on, let's talk about something else. <laughs>
0: No, I really I'm just tired and I'm I'm not kidding. I'm when I'm, I say I'm I don't prodding have you in a I'm there.
2: prodding you in a joking way, I understand. But Brandon, I'm sure you have more to say about it.
0: Not after that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel I'm like sorry. if I say something
1: positive now I come
2: across like a prick. No, 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 no. Remember, there there's coffee and sushi in my stomach. I can isolate it now. Um I don't know. I thought the craft was really good. <laughs>
1: It's the fucking music, man. The fucking music yeah. killed me. Mm-hmm. The space landing sequence is one of my favorite scenes of the year. I don't Very know. Very good zero. I, I don't know. I just think it's... Very good zero degrees. It'll get nominated for score, right? Who did yes. the score?
0: Justin Hurwitz. It'll probably win.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It'll probably win. What's it no. up again? No. If
0: Beale Street could talk, we'll win score. <gasps> Period. Does this have a really
1: good score? Who did the score it's for Bertel, that? Right? I don't remember.
2: Is it not Nicholas Bertel? I don't remember. Does it sound Ooh. like that? Gets me,
1: that gets me really excited work. for I mean I was already excited for Bill Street, but now I'm extra excited. Um What do I want to say for about First Man? Um I don't know. I felt empathy. I felt I felt a man conflicted, and I think Goss did that. I think it's in this script.
0: I just feel for him.
1: I do too. I and I didn't expect to. I went into this movie not expecting to feel what I ultimately felt. And I think that's a testament to Chazelle. And, you know, I'm not excited to be excited about Chazelle, but here I am, I am excited about him.
2: He's the greatest showman, I get it. No, I don't I don't I'm not I swear to god I'm not shaming anybody for like in Giselle. I'm just saying how I feel about it. Like and the crafts are undeniable, I think. I don't think that he's a shoddy filmmaker when it comes to putting a scene together. Yeah. Yeah. He's clearly very talented at that. I
1: had the thought in the middle I had this thought in the middle of watching First Man. It was like, oh, he has that like Apple series that he's writing and directing
0: oh, every I know episode
1: that? or whatever. I know I don't, oh my god. Maybe that's not still a thing, but I was like, I was like, oh my god, he does two good movies and they throw him a full series at, at Apple. But yeah. then after this I was like, all right, he can have it. <laughs> well, I but like is Is it still a thing? He, I don't know. He I'm is, not am not going to Google he's it. He's a crowd
2: pleaser and that's I like the bait and switch of First Man. And I said this in a yeah. group text right before I came here. Like I love that he decides <laughs> to take the moon landing and not make it this huge hoorah moment. Yeah. Of what makes men it can intensely do intensely personal. It's a visual metaphor Very for how interior. barren he feels yeah. inside. Like he goes, he basically I takes like the longest it... trip ever to 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 say goodbye to his dead daughter. Yeah. What? Like I just I he, I, I love the, the I love the bait and switch of that. The yeah. world's most daring
1: like coping thing. Yeah. It's like and and I just like when Claire Clairvoy says it'll be an adventure, mm-hmm. and that's right after. The daughter's death, and yeah. he finds that out, and that's that's what he's gonna do to take his mind off his dead daughter. Literally, go to the moon. That's I, what it's going to. Take. I love it. And by the way, I, it's, I don't it's not bait
2: and switch. It's just his mind. So. I don't think that.
1: So you said that Damien Chazelle's a crowd pleaser. I don't think First Man is crowd pleaser. That's, no, no, that's as a movie. That's
2: why I. That's why I pivoted to what I love about. People clapped in our theater, though. Oh really? Yeah, there was there were part? four people At in my the, theater, when so it, right it ended.
1: There was applause. Well, that doesn't make I think that was just the 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 snobby people applauding Maybe. craft and Maybe. and an awards contender. Perhaps. I, I don't do, think that means it's a crowd.
0: Well, I don't think they I mean I'm thinking if
1: you saw this like in the dome in the in the now lunar <laughs> the dome. lunar dome. Yeah. with a regular crowd. Mm-hmm. I, I think 70% of that crowd's like,
2: huh? to put it in yeah. really crass terms i don't think it's winning best picture i mean this oh, this doesn't feel like a, I oh, do. do you? i don't do you? okay why i i think
1: th- i i don't know i think it's i think people are uh underestimating it's I think potential it will win
0: adapted screenplay oh <laughs> that's fine I think i'm it, not saying i think it deserves no it. no i know you're not saying
1: that i think it could win i think it's this aroma for picture right now IMO. I mean,
2: I I think no? what else I mean is I just there? think it is Roma. I think we'll see what happens, well yeah, which I we think haven't it's seen. This or Roma. But from what from what I think Brandon and I have both gleaned from the reaction, it seems like that's such an overwhelming movie that it's hard to deny. It's
0: basically like Ro- like people keep trying to say well it could be this, well it could be this, well it could be this, well until I have seen all of the movies, like it is Roma in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I just I'm not going to change that until I've seen all of them, I movies. still think that yeah. a star
2: is born is in play, but here's here's why. It's like in or, third here, here's place. what it's de- here's what it's dependent on. Because we have 4 months or 3 months until nominations. Mm-hmm. People need to shut the fuck up about it. No more jokes. No no more memes. Not, not, not that the internet dictates Oscar conversation. Well, I think it's going to die down. What I think they need is Gaga needs
0: to hide for a little while. This,
2: She's
0: overexposed. So, we,
2: so we, all, we all agree on the fundamental, which is that the movie, It's it, maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Yeah. And now that's the old ways. The mm-hmm. overexposure is the old ways. Yeah. The best thing that could happen to Star is Born is it's guaranteed to get the nominations, right? Yeah. So the best thing that could happen is the conversation dies down. Everybody just sits for a couple months about what they liked about the movie. But, you know? It, it, I think it will stay with people. Yeah. So whatever that element is, whether it's Cradley, whether it's Gaga, whether it's the music, whether it's the deft humanist touch, like let them be reminded of that when it already gets the Golden Globe nominations, right. and then we'll see if like new passion builds. That's not built on, on built on in undermining Vegas. the movie. And, oh, we've talked about that. I don't know if we talked about it on the microphone, but we agree on that, right? That like, it's a that's it's an Oscar an awards campaign
0: push. Yeah. Yes. Oh, because it, it's six weeks over the holidays. Of Vegas residency is purely to win an which Oscar. is which is wow. during
2: which is during the December holidays into mm-hmm. January. So it's when it's when Hollywood folks are going to go to Vegas for the holidays or for a weekend. Like, mm-hmm. so, so she will still be on their mind. I'm
1: I'm of the I'm of the mind right now. At least in this moment on this day, I think. A Star is Born does that thing where it gets a bunch of nominations, like 11 or whatever, and it wins, like, three. And they're like, it's like
0: song and, like, sound like I think Cradley's winning. I think Ryan is I mean, we'll it's there. not the
2: kind of acting that wins Oscars. We'll
0: see how people take to both of these. I think yeah. that we really don't yeah, you know, know you're right. how the industry thinks yeah. of them. Right, 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 right. Gosling, I'm not so sure Steve Carell is not winning best actor.
2: Do you really think that's gonna happen? So you're the only one who's seen it. So mm-hmm. why is
0: Steve Carell gonna win Best Actor? Because he's been nominated before. It's it is a louder performance than Cradley Booper. It's wow, a much that's hard It is a much louder performance than Ryan Gosling. Um That's really easy. <laughs> I just think it's such a it is such an acting movie. More than hmm. I mean these two are acting movies, but like there are no bells and whistles on Beautiful Boy. Do you
2: think that? Do you think that there's a chance that Steve wins Best Actor? And stay with me on this: that Steve actor went. Steve actor. Steve Carell wins Best Actor for. <laughs> have you heard of him, Steve actor? It's like you know, uh, like Joe Schmo or whatever. Um, Steve Carell wins Best Actor for Beautiful Joe Boy. Hollywood. That's what I meant. Nice. Uh Steve Carell that. wins Best Actor for Beautiful Boy in the same way that Sandra Bullock wins best actor for
0: the yes, Black I think and people I think people just love him. Yeah. And it is a really moving performance. I know a lot of people don't like Steve Carell's performance in the movie, but I think it will appeal know. to Academy members. I could see the nomination,
1: but I'm really struggling right now to see a win. I haven't seen the Here's movie. what I
2: think Cradley has going for him, and I think we all know what the point's gonna be. But Cradley's getting nominated His for Best Body. Picture, His he's getting singing. nominated for Best Body. Mm-hmm. No, but hold on, let me yes, we can that's a separate conversation, just like the the things that hair, he's, body, face. Yes, it's the
0: one he wins for multiple no, nominations. I'm, yes, exactly. I'm saying he's literally oh. receiving nominations for picture, director, I
2: actor. I see, and he didn't write this. So, so actor is Screen his plans. consolation. He's he's pulling Warren Beatty, Heaven he's Can doubling Wait. Doubling, he's, he's, he's getting he's getting four Oscar nominations nomination for this movie total. And if he doesn't, if he misses out on one, it'll be director, and that's still three. He's winning one. He's winning one. Not that Beatty won one uh, for Heaven Can Wait. So I guess I'm undermining my own no, example. That's a good point. But this is a this is a. I don't want to say crowd pleaser, but it certainly has found a moment in the zeitgeist. Yeah. And if all predictions are correct, it will still be in the top five in the box office for at least another month, month right. and a half. Mm-hmm. Everyone, And also Bradley Cooper, to, to Ben's point about Steve Carell, he, ben, uh, Steve's been nominated before. cradley has been nominated three times already. That's true. Four times.
0: Three, three acting, four total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about yeah. the acting.
2: Um, So he has even more goodwill from this group. Yeah. Steve Carell still has to get over the. He still has to overcome TV actor, even though he Maybe. is. He's getting the parts, but he's not. I mean, Cradley is more established in this realm than yeah. Steve is. How many times That's
1: has Gosling been nominated? Twice. Twice. Lala and see, and this is. Pat I Nelson. was gonna. I was
2: gonna segue into this to get back to first man, to get back to first man, which is that. Sure, it's a new academy sure this is a much bigger project than blue valentine mm-hmm. but he misses he doesn't get the nomination for blue valentine and michelle does Yeah, and he's this is in a very similar register for me if anything blue valentine is is louder than this it is i think it so is so ryan gets nominated i th- in in my humble opinion ryan gets nominated but it's not the type of showy acting that wins oscars generally
0: that's probably true yeah i think you're probably
2: yeah right. i think
1: you're right now that you're saying that i think booper has the edge it, because he's singing and because yeah. He Level has four nominations. Yeah. I mean, I Level also...
2: I, we all think the performance is worth respecting. Mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, we all... He, do was, my, he was my vote until Gus We all... Flew, we all
1: flew, flew in, We swooped all in, flew. swooped in. Till wow, he Gosh, landed, landed on your heart. He landed right <laughs> wow. on my heart. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think... What am I saying? I don't know. I think First Man. I will
0: say, now that I've seen the movie... I'm gonna stop saying I think Claire Foy is the front runner. Me too. Yeah, I think it's still Regina. It would be The wrong. nomination is a foregone it's conclusion, but, but she's w- not gonna win with w- that role. No,
2: and, and, and that's she for, has and I don't, nor one do I, scene,
0: maybe two scenes. Yes, nor do where I she want to suitcase. I, I yeah.
2: don't want her to win for this role. Right. We all saw her in Unsane earlier this year, and I know and she, that she Chances deserves a win. nomination for that. I agree. No, we all we're all team unsane, but I know that some folks don't like that movie. Yeah. And I get it. Who? D- shall I name names? No, there's p- p- some people don't like
0: the movie. Shall I names. be mother? Shall,
2: shall I be mother? As I pour my own wine, shall um, I be mother? Uh, but l- let me just finish. Claire Foy, in terms of transitioning from TV to film, has already established that she can go for broke in some weird directions. Yeah. Like She's an especially compelling actress in surprising ways. Yeah. And this is such a traditional cookie-cutter yeah. role. What a waste to, quote... I was gonna it say to quote Steve Carell to to Timmy's uh, Timmy's other daddy, oh, but to uh, quote Michael Stelberg, what a
0: waste! What a waste! I, I do think it's Regina all the way now. Now that you've seen the Foy of it all, just like just based on the roles and like what Regina is asked to do is quite insane. I can't wait. I'm going to die. It's like Ann Thompson said of Yalitza Aparicio, like. When you there are some roles you see, oh, they have this scene. They're getting an Oscar nomination. Right. Regina has that,
3: mm.
0: and I think Regina's because the whole the role, like Regina, has the scene, but she also has a much fleshed, much more fleshed out role than Claire. Yeah. Um. I want. Should we talk about homework? Yeah.
1: Great. I want you to talk about. I want you to do your gay on bay. Ah, uh, gay on bay. I want you. I want you to convince me Armageddon is not a one and
2: a half star film as I marked
0: on Letterboxd.
2: I'll let you lead. I'm sure I'll agree with you, but I'll. I
0: agree. would be more in agreement with you if you gave it half as opposed to one and a half. <laughs> okay. Like you're you're not splitting hairs, but you're splitting stars. It stick is a your, movie. I was
2: going to give
1: it one. It's a movie, but then I liked Bruce Willis's face on all the screens. It
0: oh. it does the Douglas Cirque thing. I, it, I, it's not intentional, but it accomplishes the Douglas Sirk thing of asking you to be critical of what it's doing and totally buy into it. Let me mm-hmm. just let me just mm-hmm. bolster
2: your point, even though I don't... I wouldn't give it as much credit as you're saying for doing it accidentally, even though, as I've already said, accidental still counts. Mm-hmm. I would say it's more Verhovian than it is Sirkian. Sure.
0: Given the context. That's fair. Um, but it is so bad. It is... It is somehow he puts so many bad elements into one movie that it's good <laughs> that is how i feel so about it's, it so it's it's a prime example of so bad it's good but it's so well uh, like executed yeah, that it is, is
2: actually good yeah this is me. why i this is why i wouldn't say it's so bad it's good the intentionality of his choices for instance like there's a moment where bruce willis says like bruce willis takes the job based off the logic of, I don't trust anybody else to do yeah. it. And then we smash cut to the back of FBI jackets, black jackets, and say FBI and white lettering behind them marching mm. into a room. Like, Bay is drawing conclusions yeah. through, his, through his editing in ways that I find hugely compelling. It's also fascist. And yes. it's, I mean, I made the joke earlier, but I'm gonna make it again. This is Michael Bay's Triumph of the Willis. Like, he is bolstering this nationalist, military, industrial, anti-other. Did you see when
0: I tweeted about Pearl Harbor today, someone replied, David Neary replied about that Pearl Harbor takes its basic love triangle from Eleni Riefenstahl. There you go. So.
2: He's a fan. I mean, they they drill into the meteorite and they also drill into undermining institutions. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all there. But I begrudgingly have to accept the thrill of the form. Yeah. And when it's not... It just gives me I don't want me... I don't want to apologize to this movie. I think I think it has a really
0: rotten heart. Yeah, for sure. And but I it also that. but 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 then it but then it also has I love how it just goes for broke on all of its repellent ideas. But no, but
2: then it also has a few touches that I find hugely moving. So when they land on the meteorite and Bruce Willis scoops that space dirt through mm-hmm. his hands and we have a close up on the hand and I think we're meant to interpret that as he is feeling his enemy mm-hmm. which is the end of the world. And then at the end, it's not the end of the world, it's the end of himself. Right. Like it that I just I I'm getting kind of choked up—not choked
0: up, but I'm getting kind of reclamped thinking it about really it. It really like moves me. This movie, yeah, in a way that I should be embarrassed to. admit. <laughs> well, I think I also think it's a movie that uh, the thing about what's his face and his son who doesn't know who his father is, I, like mm, that, like f- I'm like all yeah, in. Yeah, but that. like, but like the reason the, whole, the the whole framework around that is if it wasn't for that bitch of my life, I, know. I I know this movie just, hates women. I fully buy into the movie as I watch it, though. I don't totally go there, but and I. That's I think credit I, to Michael Bay
2: that I, I am able to well, do that. Well, I I don't think that what I'm about to say is fully to the credit of Michael Bay. I think he believes. I think that Michael Bay had. Well, I can't. I'm not going to commit slander on the mic. I would just say that I think that Michael Bay might, based on this film, mm-hmm. have some level of sympathy for someone flirting with a 17 year old at a bar, right? And feel like it's I their fault, so. and feel like it's their fault for mm. not saying their age, I think which that's is that's true. Correct. Repellent. Mm-hmm unconscionable disgusting this movie sets out an agenda at the beginning of the film this movie sets out an agenda at the beginning Mm -hmm. scrap that last part of tribalism of individualistic Mm -hmm. gain they're not in this to save the world
0: they're in this to you stole my design
2: yeah exactly
0: and you didn't pay me I mean, yes. He doesn't actually say no, that, no. But,
2: but... It, it, it's about not having to pay income tax anymore. Yeah. And at the end, Bruce Willis decides that he is going to sacrifice himself for his daughter. I get it, but for someone who is not himself, mm-hmm. I don't think he's doing it for the fate of the planet. I think he's still doing it for himself. But it's, it's fully about...
0: like for himself, but it's in fu- that way.
2: Yeah, and he wants to be a cowboy, right? Yeah. Like he wants, to, he wants to. He wants to be a white savior. He wants to be a he wants to be a white savior, but he doesn't really care about the world. But as it goes on, we like we. What my point is, is like he ultimately does it. For, he does it for himself, but he also does it for a couple of others, so, which means he cares. Like I've been I've been looking at all these movies as do these movies care about their neighbors? Like Apollo thirteen cares about its neighbors. Armageddon doesn't really care about its neighbors, but Bruce Willis still commits suicide for other people. Yeah, he may be blood related to them. He might work with them. I'm going to call them neighbors. And you take like Steve Buscemi, who's a total creep, mm-hmm. and that that sort of lechery is made up for laughs earlier in the film. Yeah. And then you find out he's a genius. There's that moment it's like, how do you know where to drill? And it's like, because I'm a genius. Like <laughs> And then he ends up being the one to succumb to space dementia. Like he ends up becoming nice. the villain. Space dementia. There is a bit of a flip going on. Like it's an, every character that Bay exalts in the beginning, he doesn't exalt at the end, and he doesn't exalt them for the same reasons if he is still on their side by the end. So I think that there is an arc to these characters, yeah. which makes gives a little bit of depth. Um, but ultimately, I can't go above three and a half stars on Letterboxd because I find the the I find Michael Bay's voice over all this thing and, and the views. Mm. He, the views that he's espousing and the groups that he's attacking to be
0: just unforgivable. That shot of Bruce Willis against the flag, it makes me gasp. Donald Trump wishes. I forget it's coming every time I watch this movie, and I gasp every single time. It's quite oh. something. It's just, it is an astonishingly visually accomplished movie. Well, I'll,
2: I'll I'll piggyback on that, not about the patriotism, but just about creating a feeling through camera work mm-hmm. and editing. Once they're in space, everything becomes so disorienting that it's hard not to feel nausea. You know, it's hard not to feel like puke, like coming up your throat, like while you're watching it. You have no center Mm. of balance. The the camera's going crazy. Hell yeah. Mm. And Mm. without any sort of reminder that this is happening apart from the camera work and the editing. And then a couple minutes after that, William Fickner says like, you know, what does he say? I wrote it down. He's like, oh, he's like, you're going to feel queasy now. And the way that Bay is able to already put the the viewer in the uh-huh. state of mind of the characters, and then only later the characters Raventon. realize it, it's just very deft filmmaking. Theory. It is. I think it is. Great. Um.
0: <laughs> Michael Bay is a really talented craftsman.
1: I, I agree with that. And he's really
0: good at putting stories together. Like, okay. I think something that I do that I hate myself for, not that you guys would ever hate me for, but it, when I watch a movie, I immediately like jump to what's the logic of this. And like I was saying with selling the house, like that is often my knee jerk place to go. And I don't do it at all in Armageddon. Mm. <laughs> I just am, go with it. I am on You're this in. meteor <laughs> and I'm pummeling towards Earth. And I'm going to the size die. of Texas. Yeah. It's the size of Texas. Ugh. I just uh I just love this movie. I had never seen it before. It just or I it, had I I had brings me true joy in my heart.
2: I had definitely caught pieces of this in my childhood. It wasn't completely new to me, but I this was basically a first watch. I couldn't yeah. point to when I watched it, but I like there were little f- like Yeah. the Ben like Affleck you of it it on all. TNT. So yeah. No, but I mean, I remember watching this um it's such a TNT flick. Yeah. Like I remember like ca- I remember like knowing who Ben Affleck was because of this movie at a young age. This yeah. one comes out in what 98? Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. 7? Like like it would have been in the couple of years after that. Um but uh oh, what am I getting at? Oh, just that you know, you watch this now, it has these... And, and they were there then, too, But they, these just disgusting political overtones. Yeah. But one that I just would be remiss not to point out is that when it comes to Trumpian undertones, yeah. there's almost nothing more superficially disgusting than Bruce Willis watching his daughter be fondled in the hull mm-hmm. of a spacecraft yeah. by Ben like He is leering voyeuristically yeah. at her. Yes. And also... Stephen Tyler, lead singer of Aerosmith, mm-hmm. father of Liv Tyler, he's
0: right th- on the soundtrack. He's
2: not just on the soundtrack; he is performing the song that is beneath Ben Affleck rubbing animal crackers yes. all over his daughter's body. Yep, and there's just nothing more Trumpian than um, than Daddy receiving that type of sexual gratification out of his daughter's. Yeah. Uh, How many Aerosmith
1: songs are in this movie? Five. I four. think it's just
2: saying that goes for Bruce and Stephen Tyler.
0: I think there's a couple. I don't know. The credits has one. I just love what I call Michael Bay in the 90s, which I include Pearl Harbor, even though that comes out in 2001. The Rock is good. It's Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor is one of the greatest runs of insanity that I've ever witnessed in my life. let's let's not bury the lead. This is um, hyperbolic filmmaking,
2: Mm -hmm. working so simply and effortlessly yeah. that you have to point out and admire the grasp he has over his own filmmaking. Yeah. Like there's the narrative along.
0: I'm a big fan sincerely of Batman v Superman. And I was it, just like, talking with friend of the pod oh, Jeffrey right. about this. And it is like the same principle of just like go for broke in the visuals. And I also think Batman v. Superman is a failure whenever anyone speaks, but I think it works so well as, like, if you turned the volume off mm-hmm. as, like, following the narrative through the visuals. Yeah, I mean, that's... And I, it would, like, fill me I with it.
2: Th- I think apart from the fascism, the hatred for the other, mm-hmm. we're bringing up Lenny Riefenstahl because that's what Triumph of the Will does. Mm-hmm. I mean, the visual storytelling of it, it tells... <laughs> this is what I was going to say anyway, and I'm realizing how silly it is, but it tells the story visually. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the the wide shots mm-hmm. of the Nazis cutting up to the close-ups of Hitler, yeah. and I'm not celebrating it because I actually think we need to erase Lenny Riefenstahl, and so maybe I am being problematic in my own position with... No, I don't, because I don't propaganda. believe in
0: erasing anything. I'm just saying that, like, at a
2: certain point, you can only admire craft so much. Like, you have to consider the implications and right. the, the advocacy mm-hmm. behind the camera. But I don't want to talk
0: about Lenny Riefenstahl Nazi propaganda? Yes. Where are we on time? I feel like we've been going for a while. We can wrap her up. We haven't even <laughs> talked
2: about Apollo 13 or... We talked me- about it at the beginning. We didn't yeah, talk we about did. the best film of the bunch, The Right Stuff. Yeah, let's talk about that. Just, I would not agree with that. What do you think is the best, Apollo, Apollo 13? 13. Me too. I mean, for me, they're, they're neck and neck, but they're, well, they're not the neck and neck. Me. I mean, Apollo 13 is four and a half stars in Letterboxd. Apollo 13 is basically five. perfect. I should have given it five.
1: The thing that, but the, the
2: the right stuff manages to balance history, comedy, character work, Barbara Hershey, American folklore, mm-hmm. myth-making, invention, Barbara Hershey, Sam Shepard, Sam Shepard. It's,
0: there's a beautiful like Cassavetti and Yes, quality to the acting in yes, the right stuff. Yes, absolutely. It's like very, like, the best of New Hollywood acting. And
2: it's the end of New Hollywood, too, yeah. which is what's so interesting about it for me. Like, And, and, and of course, it's encapsulated in Sam Shepard, right? Mm-hmm. There's something very moving about him, you know, Chuck Yeager anchoring the narrative. Yeah, He's the one who should be going to space, right? He, he's the one who pioneers the way for these other guys to get there. Mm-hmm. And it takes a generous filmmaker and also just a... Um, not just incisive but when it comes to structure you have to like to be to be driven by this man who is both happy for his friends proud of his accomplishments but knows in his heart that he's been priced out of the system that he created Mm -hmm. there's something very moving about that when it comes to the american story being told here Yeah, You know, and just like I admire Damien Chazelle for telling a story about one of the great American accomplishments, which is actually about a small American tragedy and that it's one person's life that's been disrupted by trauma. I love the right stuff for refusing to tell a straight up hagiography of the Mercury program or or, or, of the inception of NASA Mm -hmm. that instead it gets much more at pride. Um, And again, I think that. I think that when it comes to American mythmaking, the right stuff is one of the best movies to demonstrate that. Um, it, it, or what I guess I'm I gonna, love. Go I ahead. Am. No, 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 please. But I, from here on out, like, please <laughs> just cut me off when you know I'm going to talk for five minutes. Um,
0: John Glenn sticking up for his wife in this movie. I cry. Moves me. So I cry deeply. Yeah.
2: Democratic senator from Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love
0: it. It's very moving. Very moving. Zero. And it's. I like, agree. It, 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 yeah, no, I agree with you. I, can, I just, I, I just agree. love it. I just think it's so beautiful. That's
2: the scene I I've remembered for, so I saw this movie for the first time probably around 17 to 19, 20, 16, somewhere around there. I remember watching it at my grandparents and I always, so, oh, so my brother is a pilot. Um, so I think that's why I love space movies is because my brother loves space movies because it ultimately is about like aeronautical engineering. It's about piloting a ship, um, it's about equipment, it's about, in the right stuff like that sort of flyboy culture right um and so that's how i got into apollo 13 and that's how i got into the Navy, <laughs> like, like, like how I know about, um, planes and shit, or clearly I don't anymore. Cause I'm saying planes and shit, but I remember planes my brother shit. always had the right stuff, DVD in his little collection, which was like the Memphis bell, Apollo 13 and the right stuff. And all the Sopranos box sets, which I am, I owe him an, nice. an enormous debt for, but I would look at it and like mm, it just looks like a bunch of guys like going into space, and it's yeah. going to be a movie that just celebrates them for that. And mm-hmm. oh, and it's three over three hours long. Yeah, I don't
0: care about this movie. It's one minute shorter than Titanic.
2: Yeah, Ooh. and and yet it for me it, it will I basically obviously once I watch the movie that's not how I felt about it. It's it's incredibly complex and multi layered and gets it a lot more than hagiography and great American man bullshit. But this movie, like Titanic. And in this way, it is a Titanic movie, even though I don't think the right stuff has any flaws. It has a, you know, eh, but like Titanic movie for me means like a movie with a lot of flaws that just yeah. don't fucking matter. But it is a Titanic movie in the regard that this movie is three hours and 13 minutes long and it chugs along better than most 90 minute movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It's wild to me. how It coo- is really well paced. Yeah.
0: It's a good movie. Good movie.
2: I didn't need breakfast before I watched this and I made it an hour 45 N before I deposit and make soup. Yeah, why are you so having wait? soup for breakfast? Well, because it's such a long movie that by the time it was I'm, lunch. it was lunch. <laughs> it was,
0: it was lunch. It was actually,
2: it, it was like ten forty-five. Anytime. I soup. love
0: that shot of pulling Gus out of the ocean. That I've. used. I know you I do. An You've used lot. it eight hundred times. I rewound and watched it again. The minute it happened, it's the funniest. The door blew thing. off. I think. It's why it's won't so anybody funny? believe me? And then it's so sad. It's so sad. <gasps>
2: With him and Veronica Cartwright <laughs> in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Also, this has a stacked cast. It does. We got does. you know Barbara, Sam, Ed, Dennis, Veronica, Fred Ward, who's yeah. amazing in this. Mm-hmm. Lance Henriksen from Alien. Fred Ward might be my favorite performance Aliens. in the movie. He's uh, pretty fucking good. No, I'm, I'm, I'm between Fred Ward and Ed Harris, yeah. but I think it is Fred Ward, who's also great in Shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, too, because you gotta watch Shortcuts. I've seen it. I know you. I just remembered that you had us in this. I was <laughs> looking back and forth. I haven't seen it because I'm an asshole. You haven't seen it.
0: You, some of you, some, some of you, you haven't seen it. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Movies I Am Wait, just can I real quick say uh-huh. that um, at one point,
2: <laughs> Fred Ward says, hey, sis.
0: Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, just fun, that this movie adds to my longstanding <laughs> hypothesis this doesn't really apply anymore because we're in a new academy era. But historically, best editing goes to the best movie of the year. The rights have won best editing. Really, Raging Bull won best editing. Writers of the Lost Ark won best editing. It happens over and over and over. Apollo
2: thirteen won best editing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, let's about, pre- okay. Oh, okay, let's we talk got about, about that Oscars about...
0: real quick. That movie won the Directors Guild Award. Yes.
2: Well, it, it's Argo. Like, they weren't, I mean, this movie is ten times better than Argo. Which one? Apollo, Apollo 13. 13. But Ron doesn't get the best director nomination at the Oscars. And the reason why is because mm. it's, and, and, and not to undermine what I was saying earlier about he has all this goodwill in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but it's,
0: it's, you know, it's Opie. Yeah. You know, that's why he doesn't he get totally it. It's totally undervalued. And I think it's, you look May at. I? You, I want Just too. a splash. Let, let me finish my white so I can have a splash of red. That's good, that's good, that's good. You look at. Just a splash. Um, Thank you, Benjamin. The other four nominations for Best Picture, which are. Can I try and do. Yeah, do it by memory. Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Babe.
2: Yeah. Apollo 13. Yeah. Babe. Four four Weddings and a Funeral. No. Okay, well, I got three. Oh, and and the winner is. um, Oh, is it. It's not Shanks. No, no, no. It's um, Braveheart. Yep. And. The Prince of Tides. No, Prince of Tides is 91. I don't know. What's the fifth? I can't believe Babe was
0: happening for Best Picture. Il Plastino.
2: Oh, of course. Oh, did that get the Best Director nomination?
0: I think it did. I didn't look up Best Director nominations. But it's just like, not only is Apollo 13 arguably the best of the bunch. I would say far and away. Okay. But... Does, sentence and Sensibility is the only one that I think is like in that league. But
2: Oh, wait, no. I, I agree. I yeah. went I went over this with myself yesterday. Yeah. Braveheart. Yes. I, it Brave Heart like, Heart I give it a sense of Sensibility. Braveheart is far to... and away the worst yes. of the five. Yeah. I mean, I've only mm-hmm. seen...
0: I haven't seen El Neither two, have no, I. But <laughs> of the four that I have seen, Braveheart is far and away the worst. Yeah. And how did that happen? I don't know how it happened. I wanted. What happened? <laughs> it's a war movie. It's, yeah. Is it's that, also but, long. Yeah.
2: We all know that John Dealman famously won Best Picture at the Oscars because it was long. <laughs> this is a benefit.
0: How long is Braveheart? Over three? I'm sure it is. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's like 240. And it's a rousing film about Scottish braid. (laughs) It's three hour two.
2: It's three two. It's three two, baby. So I just
0: have this memory of like there's like a love scene and Mel Gibson gives the goofiest like face at the (laughs) woman. And I'm like... I think it's with Sophie Marceau. And I'm just like, how... I've only seen it like once when I was 16, but I just I still even then I was like, how did this happen? It's a war movie in the story. Yeah, I, that's I. Agree. And Mel Gibson is a star in a way that Ron Howard was, not a star and he was not he was yet problem. was turned was, was filmmaker.
1: Tommy Hanks a star yet? Which, by the way, is another yeah, thing Tommy that Cradley Booper has going
0: two for Academy him. Academy Awards for Best Picture, yeah. Best Actor. Which is why oh, a it's why, yeah. do, it's why Tom it's
2: why Tom doesn't get nominated for Best Actor. Oh, he in Apollo didn't get 13. he didn't He no. didn't. Which I thought was He's very
0: surprising. Zero burnt
2: out. I also people were burnt out on even though
0: Hanks. I know that we're not supposed to praise straight people playing gay people in the year of our Lord 2018. But By the way, Lance Hendrickson would have been a great Harvey Milk. So, Go ahead. He is so good in Philadelphia. Well, he's yes, but so good in yeah,
2: he's great. But it's Jonathan Demi is the best thing about Philadelphia. He
0: is so good in Philadelphia.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I watched it on my not on my birthday. I watched it the day after my birthday at the Philadelphia. On such a, good a double movie. feature with Brokeback. Huh? Philadelphia is such a good movie. It's it's good, but it is. I don't remember such it. No, I mean Jonathan. It's all Jonathan. I mean, it's the actors, but Jonathan Demi really hooks into the empathy of R. the R. film. Yeah. The, the 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 connections I mean, between the characters. It's such. Good. I mean, Mary Steenburgen, who we all love here, mm. is given the most arch, on-the-paper, cut-and-drive villain that I'm Maybe. thinking of right this second. Sure. Not of sure. all time, just saying, like, right this second. Did you
0: um, forget about the manager in The stars is Born? Excuse me? Did you forget about <laughs> the British manager in The stars is Born? Well, I was going
2: to say period-specific. <laughs> if I was to talk about 2018... Oh. I, I, um, I, when I'm listening to the star is born soundtrack and I get through, look what I found or is it look what I found or is it, um, yeah, it is look what I found. And then it segues. No, it's in, always remembers. This it's way. always remembers this way. And then it segues into like a 20 second dialogue track yeah. that starts with the manager going, Ali, <laughs> that was unbelievable. And every yes. single time I'm like. Skip like or or, or or I will like preempt it. I won't even let the song finish. Guys, like, why are you too. listening
0: to the soundtrack without I've made a, dialogue? I've made because a I love of the nine songs I enjoy. I've already made a playlist of. Them. Oh okay. Which I saw. Do you your, listen to the Alec Baldwin? I saw track? your twit.
2: I. I'm not surprised that you don't like the Bradley songs, but I love the Bradley. Songs. I I mean, they're I, good listen songs, I listen to Black Eyes.
0: I listen to By the Wayside. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I'm just not interested.
1: I listened to a couple of the duets, none Own of the bone. solo brads.
2: So what, what Ben is doing is he's taking the solo crowds and the only, throwing them to the wayside.
0: Yeah. The only <laughs> duet I listen to is Shallow. <laughs> to the wayside. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. My playlist of bitch. nine songs is the eight Lady Gaga solos and Shallow. Good. Two quick, uh, two quick things about hair, it. body, face. Two quick things about the right stuff because I know we're
2: wrapping up. But you brought up Cassavetes, and I had forgot that I thought this. And you I, would have been
0: great in this cast if he was a little younger. Here's
2: okay. Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, you take a cat. They're big. Um, the big depression they're plump. cat. You take my cat, for instance, who mm-hmm. is like a big purple depression cat. Mom. The oh my god, the the, the lounging around the house she's doing lately, the yeah. sitting in my lap that she's doing lately. I'm like, are you okay? Very rotund. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, very. Can- my cat is having weird scratches and hair missing from her nose. <gasps> What's no? she doing? What is that disease? She... Is she scratching herself or is it a disease? Take her to the vet. I'm yeah, sure she's would. fine,
2: but just take her to the vet.
1: <sighs> but that's like a hundred dollars. No,
2: but she's getting older. You need to just take her to the vet because she has that weird thing on her nose. Yeah, and it's on her eyebrow. Well, I noticed something yeah, on I Mom's really... paw the other day, which I'm sure was fine. But I'm thinking. oh, about... is she like five? She's six. But I was thinking about taking her to the vet. Just because, yeah, you see something, you're like, "What the hell's that?" See something, yeah. say something. Well, it's something, also like you have, something. you know how like see
1: something, pay a hundred dollars y- to have them say it's nothing. Yeah. But
2: these are the cats you love. You know how?
1: Yeah, I would hate for it to be like, oh, she has cancer. Right. That's no, cancer I'm sure on that's our not, nose. I'm sure that's not what it is. But you you guys, but are you guys are, you guys
2: are you guys familiar with the concept of being really good at giving your friends advice that you yourself will never oh, take? Sure. Yeah, all the time. But but seeing clear as day what they're doing wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you are doing the same things and you will never address it yourself. Of course. Mm-hmm. Cats I'm great at
0: giving advice.
2: <laughs> cats are a wonderful <laughs> extension of this idea. And that like if I were to notice like a bump on a lymph node for instance, I would say to myself, no, you're, that's just what your lymph nodes like. Mm-hmm. If I saw a bump on my cat, I would break the fucking bank to take right. care of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Be like, you need to take care of, you know, essentially yeah. like I'm not perfect, Care for too. your cat the way you can't care for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair.
1: All right, I'm taking yeah. to the vet on Saturday. Do it. Maybe we should go together. Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: have fun. This has been movies, IMO. Two quick oh, things fuck. about the right stuff. God Two. You know, I did the whole thing. Pick I'm, one. One sentence each. Go. Well, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> one sentence each. We're we're gonna train you. Okay. All right. Okay. I can do it. I can. No, I can. No,
2: thank you. I can do it. You know how when you dunk your cat in water, comma and they may be big and rotund, comma but when they come back out of the water, they look like a skinny little rat. Semicolon. The <laughs> same can be said.
1: You can't put a semicolon.
2: I okay. can. It's a sentence. Don't cheat me. I'm still on a sentence. Semicolon. Yeah. Semicolon. The same applies for the way that when Fred Ward is dunked into the ocean, he comes out looking and acting like John Cassavetes. <laughs> oh, he does. Period. Period.
1: You don't need a semicolon. Another comma will suffice.
0: Oh. I'm going to do a semicolon. Copy editor.
2: I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Second point. I actually agree. I think Second it's just point. a comment. It's just Second a Second point. Okay, fuck. It's, as long as it's a sentence, I'm in the clear. <laughs> it's a sentence. As long as it's a sentence, I'm in the clear. <laughs> okay,
1: next sentence.
2: Enter number two, period. I love the ways in which the right stuff uses psychedelic imagery, especially when Dennis Quaid finally gets to go up into space mm. and the sun reflects upon the middle of his temple yeah. like a third eye as if to say... Space travel is transcendence. Nice. I can do it. I just choose not to.
0: (laughs) This bitch. Isn't that true of all of us and all of our flaws? I think it's important that our (laughs) podcast. I know how to. I don't want to. I think it's
2: important that our podcasts are longer than an hour 45. And it's my job (laughs) to milk for time. (laughs)
1: True. If it was up to me and Ben, we'd be like, I like it. I don't. All yeah. right. Bye. 20 minutes. <laughs> In and out. We need
2: to assess the political implications of Damien Ch- Wonderkin Damien Chazelle's cinema.
1: Oh, you made me so uncomfortable for liking him. Oh, I was
2: getting ready to give you a real apology off the mic. And I'm not going <laughs> to give it to you on the mic because we're trying to wrap up. But I wasn't trying to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't. I thought I was well on the record with the two of you that I... I don't think Damien Chazelle is a fascist. I think that he is creating a cinema that depends upon fealty. Unquestioned to what he's doing. Mm-hmm.
0: Which generally employs strongman tactics. I'm all about it. Well, I mean, you love give Armageddon. Me, give so it's strongman
1: tactics. Give me that flag.
0: I up. love movies that go against what I believe in real life. You know? I really do.
2: Ben, we are both on the record as loving movies about Trump voters. Yeah. Sometimes it's or, or, or who would be now be Trump voters. Yes. Right, 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 right. Not coal miners' daughter, though, but like the Harlan counties of the world.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. Coal miners' daughter, if it was a good movie. But <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. You know? If it was a good movie. Yeah. LOL. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Okay. I this has been Movies IMO. It's the third time you said that. <sighs> I know. It's, it's my fault, and <laughs> I'm doing it again. My name is Ben Emby. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. My name is Daniel Crook. You can find me
2: on Twitter at Daniel Crook with three O's. For the love of God, find the nearest race that you can donate to, or you can spend a little bit of time canvassing for. For the love of God, vote. And this has been going long enough. We Honestly, have a couple more episodes. Honestly, tell
0: people, don't say donate. Just tell them to go canvass, because statistics show that does more. No, I and that's yeah. right. So don't tell money. people that they can just donate. Well, hold on now. That's my No, opinion. no, no. Hold on now. No, I...
2: Here's how I feel about that. I've had some conversations with people who are married and and have young children Mm -hmm. and straight up don't have the time. I want to say to them, you know, bring your fucking kid and knock on some doors. And I guess I have to at least like my aunt and uncle. I've said that, but... (sighs) When we talk about getting money out of politics, we're predominantly talking about getting PAC money out of politics. We're talking about overturning Citizens United and putting a cap on what people and corporations can put into a campaign. At the end of the day, the side that raises more money tends to win. And we haven't overturned Citizens United. Dark money is still flowing into our politics, and in 2018 we have a number of inspiring candidates who are refusing to take PAC money. It's not just Beto O'Rourke, and it's not just Katie Hill who's running in um, in Simi Valley. So if you live in Los Angeles, you better fucking knock on doors for Katie Hill. But money still matters in elections. Mm-hmm. And so money does matter in terms of donating to candidates, yeah. because whoever raises more is going to win the election. So if you if you truly straight up don't have time, if there's no world in which you can get to a district to knock on doors, or if you live in a liberal bubble, but I guess we live in a liberal bubble, and you can't, it's not just Katie Hill, Katie Porter down in Irvine, Harley Rooted down in Encinitas, there's plenty of races, just do a little bit of research. But if there is no way you can do it, donate more than $10, donate $100. Money matters. What matters more, to your point, and I agree with you: canvas, phone bank, write postcards, do what you need to do. But if you really don't have time, do donate money. I'm just saying.
0: Statistics show. I know it's the most door effi- to door. It, it, door to
2: door is the most effective way to make a difference in a race. Mm-hmm. I obviously, but if you really don't, and I don't, I'm not like. And I'm, I wouldn't I'm do much it more because I wouldn't do it
0: if. That wasn't the f- okay. case. Okay, well,
2: I've made my case. So, so I I'm will... just talking about my own case. No, 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 today. no. And now I understand I, I understand where you're coming from. So I said what I said about donating, but and I stand by it, but at the same time, fuck it. Knock on doors. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you are someone who has like severe social anxiety and doesn't do good face-to-face, phone bank. Because you're not face-to-face. You're still person-to-person, but you're able to collect yourself in maybe a messy way, and the other person's not going to see it as long as you get back on track. So phone bank, donate, look at, you know, Planned Parenthood does, um, a lot of phone banks across the country for candidates for, uh, for, um, ballot measures.
0: There's a million ways. Just fucking DM me on Twitter. I'd be happy to help. You can text for most candidates in anywhere, but texting is Brandon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who am I? Brandon Kirby, BK Kirby. Thank you.
0: You can find movies IMO on Twitter at movies IMO. Please rate, review, and subscribe and give us five stars and tell us. What are they gonna tell us, Ben? What would you leave on the moon if you Ooh. were going to leave an object on the moon? <laughs> that's, that's impactful. Yeah. A Jean Dillman Blu-ray. <laughs> oh fuck. I actually
2: would. Our 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 collective criterion copy, <laughs> which is mine. <laughs> mm. I, I'm, I'm just going to quickly, um, I'm going to quickly. Um, it's not bookmark, I'm going to platform a, a twit that I loved that Ben posted, which I'm sure Brandon feels, well, Brandon doesn't love space movies, so maybe you feel this way, maybe you don't. I feel this way, but Ben twitted after a bottle of wine and five space movies this week thinking to myself, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that made me
0: laugh for sure. I could do it.
2: I just want to platform it because that's how I'm feeling after all. And was I was very and I good at like,
1: math. And I like that you were watching Hidden Figures at that point. We didn't talk about Hidden Figures yeah. because me and Daniel failed their homework, mm. but... Good movie. But you were probably seeing when Taraji P. Henson was doing some... some Her calculations. Some calculations. You were like, I could do that.
0: It was... It was like coming up with what are the calculations we need, but not doing the calculations, but like the thought doing process. Doing calculations. Yeah. <laughs> the thought process of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could, fucking, if I, I could do that. Like, yeah, if I had studied math, I could come up with the fucking org, org that we need, whatever well, I might try I, to say. I, I could not be the mathematician in, in mission
2: control, but no. I, I could press a couple buttons on a spacecraft. I this could, may surprise you. In the spacecraft. I was space always better at math
0: than any other subject in school. What? (laughs) That does surprise me.
2: Speaks for your laser-like
0: brain. That's why I like structure in movies, I think, because that's very mathematic. Yeah. Fair. What are we talking about next week? Oh! Oh! Next week, we're talking about Meryl Heller's second movie, Can You Ever Forgive Me?, starring Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant. You know what I think about every day since you've said it? What? The theme for Can, the
1: Can You Ever Forgive Me episode is when you want to win an Oscar.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will never forgive you. She deserves it. I'm not saying she doesn't. <laughs> but it's also very when you want to win an Oscar.
3: Yeah.
2: We're going to watch Bridesmaids. We're going to watch With Nail and I. And the film is written by Nicole Holofcener. So we're going to mm. talk about The Land of Steady Habits. Fuck yeah. yeah. Available on Netflix.
0: So watch the movies
2: and catch up with us. And then you can leave us an iTunes review letting us know if you will ever forgive us for talking way too long on the microphone. No. And with that, I'm going to launch into like a 15 minute diatribe about why Ben's wrong about Mariel Heller's The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Oh, Oh,
1: let's do it. Wait, before we do that. Can I just say every single day I think about Maya Rudolph's delivery of the words bubble bio. bubble <laughs> <laughs> bio. I just Gingle so Baloba.
0: That... <laughs> what are you gonna do with this gingle baloba? She
1: deserves an Emmy for her shoulders in the good place and her her every single her vocal cords. Every single thing she says in Big Mouth. Oh. Every single line.
0: What's Thank the, you. There's that's the line a great way to end. In, there's the line in season one I love where she's like, I just wanted you to be popular and call all the fucking shots. <laughs> Every single
1: fucking thing she says in Big Mouth is gold.
0: Queen. Queen. Married to. <clears throat> Paul Thomas Anderson. He gets it. King. That's King honestly Queen. the best. Like That's how we know he's okay at heart. Yeah. Because being he, married, and he says she makes me laugh, yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: no,
2: the two mm-hmm. best celeb couples are Paul Thomas Anderson and My Rudolph, and Sissy Spacek and Jack mm-hmm. Fisk. But My Rudolph doesn't need her husband to matter, and I'm loving right. Big Mouth so far.
1: I'm so glad, <gasps> I'm so excited for you to keep watching.
2: Sorry, oh, I I spoiled I'm so the glad
0: that don't even remember. Great, so and so is exploring so and so. You know, I was so into it. Same. <laughs> it's a shame that it's a shame
2: that my jewel. Sexually, it's a shame that yeah. my jewel crackle doesn't pick up on the microphone because as soon as you said that, there was just like a very dramatic like crackling of the. Fireplace. I bet it will because
0: we got Brandon's like lip flicking last week. I hate how like into Jay.
1: It's like me being into the raccoon, whatever. (laughs) It's
2: fine. That's, That's the episode right there.
0: The winner is Jane Fonda.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.